Babe, if you are struggling with feeling like a sexual bombshell, if you know there is an inner Jessica Rabbit that is dying to get out, but you are just too shy and too terrified to let her out of her cage, this episode was made for you. This is all about how to channel your sexual confidence, how to get in touch with your desires, and then how to bring that out, not only in the bedroom, but in your real life. This interview is with Lauren White, also known as She-Wolf Lauren. She is an incredible sexual confidence and personal power coach. And this episode of Gala Loves Everything is actually something that we recorded for The Vortex, which is my VIP membership site. It's unbelievably special. But this interview was so fucking good that I had to share it with you. I know that you're going to love it. So please put your hands together, whether literally or figuratively, for She-Wolf Lauren. I am so fucking excited, selfishly, selfishly I'm excited about this interview today. I am here with She-Wolf Lauren, also known as Lauren White, and she is a sexual confidence and personal power coach. And when I said on my stories about a week ago, hey, I'm looking for an amazing sex coach to interview, so many of you recommended her to me. And I looked at her profile and she had these great videos and I was like, this is my girl. So, Wolf Lauren, welcome to the Vortex. Thank you. I'm so, so happy to be here. I feel like I'm in a Vortex. Are we in Sedona? <laughs> Fantastic. So, oh my goodness. Okay. So let's jump right into this. Here's what I want to talk about with you today. And we can just freestyle and riff and whatever. I want to talk about women feeling shy about their sensuality and their sexuality maybe not knowing how to seduce a partner, not knowing how to feel sexy without feeling cheesy about it, mm-hmm. um, even getting in touch with like asking for what they want and and being able to ask for that in a way that doesn't feel terrifying. Yeah. And I was watching you and your sister do an IGTV, which I loved. It was so, so good. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that really helped me was you were both talking about initiating sex and you were telling stories about times that you had tried to initiate sex and it had been a disaster. And it was so helpful for me because I was like, oh yeah, it's not going to be perfect every time. And if you can let go of that idea of it being perfect, then you have so much more room to play with. It doesn't have to be, you're like Demi Moore and striptease. You can like be yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. There, I'm so glad that you resonated with those stories because the thing is, is that all of us get in our heads, like we're not seductive enough or we, you know, we're not desirable enough or, oh my God, what if they say no and reject us? Like that's the worst thing that could ever happen. And then it's awkward. You know, it's this whole thing. And so it's so important to remember that it doesn't matter. Like Kim Kardashian gets rejected by whoever the fuck she's having sex with, you know, like people who are the most desired women in the whole world or the most desired men in the whole world or the most desired non-binary people in the world, they get rejected. And so we have to remind ourselves, like we are human you cannot expect your partner at every single moment that you want to have sex to have want to have sex too. You know, like it's a human thing for you to have differing sex drives. So yeah, there, there's a lot to say about just sharing our stories. And it's one of the things that I feel really passionately about is I have some really fire sex stories. Like I have stories that are mind blowing, like group sex and or like all this crazy shit. Right. And then I have stories where I'm like, yeah, I was crying on my couch. Cause I was so embarrassed because <laughs> I like shit on a sex toy. Like, you know, there, <laughs> like there's so much when it comes to sex. So, um, 
Yes. Transparency. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's start with how do we start to feel just a little bit more confident in our sexuality and our sensuality? Because I think a lot of us have a story. Like I have a story that I'm just a nerd who like is good at makeup, right? Like deep down, I love to read. I love to research. Being on my computer is kind of like my favorite thing. I'm a fucking nerd. And so sometimes I have a hard time connecting that identity with being like sexy, desirable, bombshell, whatever. And I know that's like inside of me, but it's hard for me to like pull that out. Yeah. So I think what I recommend, and I know that you do so much with tapping and inner work, and I think that's just beautiful. And I'm excited to incorporate that. I've never tapped before, so I can't wait to, I can't wait to try that. Um, But I am an avid meditator and I don't even, but I purposefully do not use the word meditation because I think that it's very, Uh, I think people get really nervous about it. Like, oh my gosh, I can't meditate. I can't focus my mind. But I always encourage people to begin sitting with yourself in silence and sitting with yourself in stillness. So we are sexual beings from birth. We deserve sexual pleasure from birth. And so when you think about your energy system, it comes up through your pussy and out through your head. Like that is our central channel. And this energy is always within you. So sure, you might be a nerd in your head. You might be a nerd in your heart, but you're also a sexual being because you're alive, right? So even people who are paraplegics, people who are bedridden have a sex drive. They get horny, they have erections, they get wet because you are an energy force. So I like to imagine this as regardless of how you identify, you are connected with nature and therefore you inherently are a sexual being and you're worthy of feeling that way. Mm -hmm. And so whatever sexy means to you, you can tap into that by imagining yourself already doing that. It's like manifesting your own sexual identity. Mm -hmm. And so I recommend that in addition to sitting with yourself, really starting to like connect with nature, I recommend writing down, like, what does sexy mean for you? What does it mean? What does sexy mean? What is your ideal sex life like? And this is a lot for people who are in relationships, long-term relationships. It's like, what does your sex life look like for you? Defining it for you outside of being sexy for anybody else. What does it feel like when you feel sexy, when you're in your power? And that for me is the root of where we can just expand outward because you have to know what it means for you. And I'm going to just continue to rant here. Oftentimes women identify, most often we identify our sexuality based on how other people perceive us. Does he find me sexy? Does the world find me sexy? Do they approve of how I show up in lingerie or do they approve of my body? Do they approve of me? Right? And so we have this dialogue in our head of, okay, well, I can't, I don't know how to feel sexy unless someone else is telling me that I'm sexy. So you tell you you're sexy. That's how it starts. It's all with you. So like getting in touch with your authentic feelings about what being sexy might be, right? Yes. Yeah. And for some people that would be like, for, I can give you an example of for me. I have always felt desired because I'm, I put it out there, right? Like I, I know what I was born looking like. I'm beautiful. You're beautiful. So many of us are beautiful. Um, but I never felt like 
I truly stepped into my own sexual identity until I was like, I want to be a dom. Like I want to dom somebody. I want to like do something crazy. And so for me, when I'm imagining sexy, I'm imagining like knee high leather boots and like a cool boot, like a tight corset and a whip in my hand. Like that to me, I'm like, that is fucking hot. Like that's what I need for other people that wouldn't even be on their list at all, you know? And so it's, that was my definition of sexy. So it wasn't until I stepped into that and I finally just kind of like let my freak flag fly. And I'm like, all right, I'm doing this. Like I'm going to meet someone. I'm going to do it. (laughs) And then I, for the first time in my life, I'm like, I just felt sexy for me. I didn't even care who was in the room. It was cool. He was there. He was hot too, but like it was about me. (laughs) It's about you. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's like somebody who, thinks their own jokes are really funny, right? You end up laughing anyway, because it's like, it's such an intoxicating energy to be around. So it really, I think it's like, you have to start with pleasing yourself first. And then that kind of radiates. And if they're into it, cool. But if they're not, like, you're still into it. So that's what happens. Yeah. And even in a sexual interaction, like we can even go deeper into this. When we're taught about sex, it's always about the boy's pleasure. Like I was taught that boys masturbate. They never even mentioned a clitoris to me in my sex ed, right? So we, in movies, we see guys with boners and guys getting off, but we barely ever see orgasms for women. And so it's the idea of like sexuality or in porn, it's just so focused on the dude. And the only way in my experience to get out of that is to focus on you. And then you attract partners who focus on you too, which is cool. Mm-hmm. So I love what you said about like basically visualizing what sexy looks like for you and like visualizing yourself doing it right. This is what, you know, Olympic athletes do is they visualize doing things perfectly so that they can then do it in real life. And I feel like your mind has to go there before your body can, because otherwise your body doesn't really have any directions. Exactly. Is that like say? Yes. And I really am an avid believer in writing things down too. Like I, I mean, I'm sitting here right now talking to you and I have two journal. I have like, I, because I believe that when we see it, we feel it, we say it to ourselves that it becomes your reality. So I don't care what you look like. I don't care what your body looks like. I don't care what your body can or can't do. You have the ability to be sexy. You are sexy already. And so writing down, when I feel in my power, when I feel sexy, this is how I feel. I did this with a client the other day and she wrote down, she feels her sexiest when her house is really clean. Okay. Fantastic. This is great. Right? Like she feels her sexiest when she gets home from the gym. Like it's different for everybody. And so defining it for you, and then you can move outward from that. Mm. It's really hard to define your sexuality by pulling it from other people. Like, oh, they like my hair like this. They like it when I wear this lingerie. They like it when I'm on top. They like it from the back. What do you like? Because your partner probably is going to change over time. And so if you're just doing what they want you to do, then you're a chameleon. You have no like foundation, no root Mm -hmm. basis understanding of who you are. Right. So incorporating intention in number one. Make an intention to step into your sexuality. That has to be number one. That's your intention. Yeah. Number two, begin visualizing it, thinking about it, calling in, using uh, affirmations. I am sexy. I am powerful. I am deserving. And number three is write it down. What does your 
sexual being look like? What does she do? Is she freaky? Write it all down, right? Does she want to peg a man? Does she want to like have anal with three different guys in a row? Like go there, allow yourself to, you're not dirty. You're not weird. Trust me. If you're into it, someone else is too. Trust me. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Ben. All right. You've done your intention setting. You've done mm-hmm. your visualizing. You've written it down. You're like, okay, amazing. Yeah. Yes. So what happens when it's time for the robber to meet the road? So you might be like in your house doing this, you feel really good. And then you like go to your partner's house or you're meeting them. And then you're like, oh, fuck, how do I put this into real life practice? So what would be the first step there? So I recommend before you just dive in, like, okay, I'm going to create a little scenario for it to be um, more palatable. So the scenario is, you are in a long-term relationship. Your partner's initiating sex all the time. You want to, but you're paralyzed by it. You feel like, oh my God, I can't. Like I've had people to say like, I'm weak at the knees. I literally almost black out. Like I, for some reason, I just cannot do it. So that's going to be our scenario for right now so that we can dive into that. For you, for the person that's feeling like they're going to black out, and trust me, I've been there, like laying in my bed. I'm like a stale, I literally feel like I have rigor mortis. Like I've died and I'm already, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've died and I'm already paralyzed. That is the feeling for me. I, and I know other people feel that way too. Um, so if that's you, I do not recommend just initiating sex immediately because you, if you're already feeling that nervous, let's ease into it. So First, begin with initiating other things. Initiate, I want to go on a date. I picked a restaurant for us. Initiate touching your partner when you pass them. A lot of us just naturally don't initiate that kind of stuff. So like when you walk by them in the kitchen, put your hand on their shoulder, squeeze them, give them a kiss on the back of the neck, kind of like more erotic um, intentions, right? Like maybe a little pat on the butt. When you're going to bed at night, you initiate the hug or the kiss before you go to sleep. But it can be those little things to build up your confidence. Like, okay, I can show that I desire something. And then as time goes on, I even say that people can tell their partner, like, I'm going to start, I I want to try initiating sex. So your partner knows if you've been in a long-term relationship, hopefully you're talking about some of this. You don't have to keep it all to yourself. Let them know. And then you can say like, Hey, I would love to have sex tonight. You could say it at dinner. Like I want to have sex with you or like, I'm feeling really turned on by you. It doesn't have to be right when the moment is happening, but eventually ladies, women who are listening to this, you are going to have to jump. That's eventually what it is. There's no easy way to say you eventually have to do it. You have to work yourself up into an experience where you can say, okay, I am going to initiate. If I get rejected, I get rejected, but it's the point that you're doing it. That's important. Yes. It's I doing also, the muscle. I think that like, if you're in a relationship and you tell your partner, Hey, I want to start initiating sex more with the slightest provocation. Like, even if you just like 
go stand against them and you like put your hand behind their neck and run it down their chest, they're going to go for it. Like they're not going to need much of an invitation, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it definitely depends on the partner because there is some, there are some people who have, you know, initiated so many times and been rejected so many times that then they give up. But mm-hmm. again, that's not the scenario we're talking about here. We're talking about a scenario where one person is initiating all the time. They want the other partner to initiate and the other partner is really nervous. Um, Now, if you've been rejected a lot, we can talk about that scenario too. So if you have stopped initiating because you've been rejected so many times, you are now having a conversation with your partner about your different sex drives. And for that kind of an experience, I recommend scheduling sex. It sounds kind of weird, right? Like, what? I don't want to schedule sex. Isn't sex supposed to be about like the spontaneity and like, you know, it's sexy and you're sweating and whatever. But actually, scheduling sex is hot. It's really fucking hot because you are able to get ready for it during the week and it takes the initiation out of it. Like, neither partner is feeling the pressure. You can just sort of know that it's coming. You can maybe send a couple sexy texts, set up for the kids to be away. If you have kids set up for you to be in a good mental space, meditate before, get into your groove. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of things I wanted to say that I'm going to say before I forget them. Uh, number one is I think something that can really help with, um, initiating is to do some like feminine movement before you see them or when they're out of the room or whatever, which can be as simple as like doing hip circles or whatever. It's just going to turn your body on for yourself and that radiates and it's very hard to ignore that. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to like throw that out there because I found that really helpful. And the other thing is that I think something that's like hard for us a lot is We want to do something, but we're so in our heads about it that we feel paralyzed. But the reason that we feel paralyzed is because we're just thinking about us. So if you have a partner who initiates sex all the time, maybe instead of being like, oh my God, I'm a bad person. I don't initiate. I suck. I'm a loser. We start thinking like, what would it mean to my partner if I do this more? Are they going to feel more desired? Are they going to feel more sexy? Are they going to feel more alive? Are they going to feel more powerful? And if we think about what we're giving to them by doing this thing that's uncomfortable for us, I feel like it helps us like, like kind of pull out of our self-conscious obsession. It's that is so beautiful. And it's so important. I think a lot of times when I work with mothers, I talk about this with them. Like, how would you guide your your daughter or your child? Mm. Obviously, we're talking about sex here, so we're not going to bring kids into the mix. But it's a similar process when you're with your partner. How would you like to receive this? Imagine if your partner was never initiating with you. You would maybe feel a little bit like, do they find me attractive? Do You know, you'd feel a little bit like, man, I don't feel super desired. And so, yes, I, yes. I love what you just said. And feminine movement is so important. I I wrote a blog about even just sexifying your space, getting yourself into a zone. If you don't live with your partner, when they come over, you can change the energy so quickly by cleansing the energy, putting on some, I love Enya. I love anything to Enya, like (laughs) Enya and moving your body. Salsa music is really good for that. Saging candles, like whatever you need to do. I even something I really love, and this will just set the mood right away. If you don't even want to verbally have to initiate sex, get colored light bulbs and change the vibe in your place. So like when they walk in, 
okay, it's on because yeah, you're, it's, your place it's, is red. <laughs> right, it's the fucking red light district in Amsterdam. Yeah. It's only one thing is going to go down in this space. Yes. Yeah, there's like nothing less sexy than an overhead light in a kitchen. Like just don't, no. Yeah. Literally take the light bulbs out so you don't even have the option. I hate a fluorescent light in a kitchen. Like I would rather, no, I, no. Truly the worst. I would rather have a flashlight on my forehead and like cook like that. Yes, <laughs> me too. <laughs> Nothing worse than overhead lighting. It's it such a mood worse. killer. I fucking hate it. Yes. Goodbye. I hate you. <laughs> One of the other things I saw you talking about with your sister was the idea of pleasure hour. And I would just, I was like, this is so fucking great. I'd love you to talk about this. Yes. So, um, in the scheduling sex space, there a lot of people have some resistance or some trauma responses toward that because of like fertility stuff. And so, you know, when you're trying to get pregnant, you can basically have sex during a specific window. You're either pregnant or you're not. And so people will have some resistance to that because it reminds them of a bad time. So what I offer is instead of saying we're scheduling sex, how about we're scheduling pleasure? We're scheduling fun because I believe that we put so much pressure on the act of sex alone, right? Like we are supposed to be having sex this much. How often should we be having sex? Like, are we having enough sex? Do we have good enough sex? It's like this whole thing. What if we just reframe it in our heads as we are having fun on our bodies. We are exploring our playground. We are exploring our pleasure. And that means your whole body, by the way. Sex is not just penetrative. It's penetrative? Penetrative? It's not just about penetration. It's about you as a holistic being. And that gets back to what I was saying at the beginning is if we are a channel of energy, your sexual energy is part of that, which means your whole body is sex. We are sex. Mm -hmm. So when we schedule pleasure hour, it's fun. It's, it's a time to just explore. Maybe you don't even have actual penetrative sex. Maybe you just get each other off with oral or you 69 and like do some butt stuff. Who knows? But if you just frame it like that, then it's so much better. I think. Yeah. yeah. I love that so much. That's so <laughs> and I think also with pleasure hour or even the idea of scheduling sex, it's like, just by doing that, you're taking some assertive steps, some mm -hmm. proactive steps towards creating the kind of sex life you want, the kind of romance you want, the kind of life you want. And I think often we put a lot of pressure on our partner, like he's going to pick the restaurant, he's going to pick where we go, what we do, blah, blah, blah. But actually like, I mean, a lot of men love doing that stuff, but a yeah. lot of them also are like, oh, I would love for you to plan something, babe. Like that would feel oh. so good. Yes, it would feel so good. And I off, I also offer this. It's like we plan everything else in our lives. We plan date night. We plan when the babysitters are coming. We plan like, you know, getting together with friends. We plan all these other aspects of our life. And this is, it makes sense to me because we actually talk in our relationships. Most people talk about everything other than sex. It's like everything except for sex is kind of taboo. So if we get out of that cycle and say like, okay, we can talk about everything, including your sexual desires. Mm -hmm. And also we can plan anything, including sex. To yeah. me, that's erotic. It's an erotic experience to say, yeah, we're planning pleasure hour. Just like we would plan going to see your parents. <laughs> like, right. like, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's beautiful. Okay, so I have a question about something. And this was a theory I came up with the other day. And I, I'd love you to give me your thoughts on this. Yes. So theory is that for women who have trouble connecting with their sexuality or their sensuality, 
and they've also experienced sexual trauma in the past. Mm. Is it possible for your, I say, I guess your sexual identity to be like developmentally stunted by trauma? Is that a real thing? And does that happen for people? Yes. Just flat out. Yes. Yeah. So there is an amazing book. If your vortex has not read it called come as you are. Mm-hmm. And it talks about how it's called, it's called the dual control model of sexuality. And what this means is that when you think about your, your sexuality specifically, we have something called basically an accelerator and a break. So your accelerators are all the things that would turn you on. So it's like, you know, touch, erotic reading, maybe porn, uh, your partner touching you in a particular way. So your accelerator is that. Your break is anything that would turn you off or make a sexual experience more difficult. Um, Stress, you're hungry, you're tired, trauma, anything like that, right? So when you imagine that you're going to have sex, it's like no matter how much you're turned on, if your break is also on, these two things can happen at the same time, just like when you're driving, right? So let's say that you're super turned on, you you feel great, you're in a sensual space, you're with a partner you trust, but also your brakes are on. Also, you had this experience with trauma that keeps coming up or you... Um, your body is holding on to that, your brakes may be down, even though your accelerators are too. And so part of your holistic sexual energy is working on lessening those brakes a little bit and working through that trauma so that when your accelerator is pressed, you're like full steam ahead, you feel good. Right. And so absolutely trauma um, in more ways than just one really affects us and affects our sexuality. So if you are experiencing trauma or you are experiencing a trauma response, I would 100% read Come As You Are. And there's another book I'm sure that you've recommended this so many times before, but The Body Keeps the Score about how to loosen some of that up. And I know you talk a lot about PTSD, trauma, and different tapping experiences. I mean, tapping is an amazing way for like dismantling that trauma and lessening it. Um, And if it feels really heavy, then I always tell people they should work with an EFT practitioner who can like guide you through it because it can be really hairy to like look at this stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, And I definitely don't consider myself an expert on trauma, but I think that we also, if we have experienced trauma, giving yourself grace, because what I see a lot is like this guilt on top of the trauma of like, well, you know, I was assaulted and now I just, I'm I'm like, I'm either hypersexual or I can't feel sexy. And now I'm feeling shame and guilt because I don't feel feminine because, you know, so remind yourself that something your body is holding on to something that happened to you. You did not choose that. So coming back and taking ownership over your, the responsibility that you have now to show up and to heal for you, Mm. back to healing for you. And then now you can have this robust sexual life. That's so important. And I think also, you know, obviously trauma is extremely painful and challenging, but making it your, your mission to lessen the effects of that because trauma is terrible, but what's even worse is having your sexuality in the future robbed because of an experience. And 
not being in control of your life and giving away that power and that agency to like this other person or this past experience. Right. Um, Because it's such a loss, like your sexuality and your sensuality can be so beautiful and such a huge like life force within you that to go without it is such a shame. It is it is such a life force and something that I haven't even talked about yet today, which I find paramount. I can't even believe that I missed it at the beginning was to have your own self-pleasure practice is basically the first thing that you have. You need to incorporate masturbation. Like the, it is like, I've, I missed it in my list of three, write down your, what your sexuality is like, and then start masturbating like a motherfucker. Like that is so important because you have to remind yourself that that sexual energy is, it is a life force and it is rooted in our ancestors. It's rooted in earth. Like you do not have earth without sex. You do not have earth without orgasms. Like it just doesn't happen. And so reminding yourself of that by taking your pleasure into your own hands, literally, like Hmm. we are literally using our hands to get ourselves off, to experiment, to buy toys, to play with ourselves. And that really talking about the way you were saying with movement and getting yourself into some feminine movement, moving your hips, touching your hips, touching your breasts and masturbating. Yes. So next I completely, I love the feminine movement thing too, because I think a lot of us who run our own businesses, run our own shit, blah, blah, blah. We're in masculine mode all the fucking totally. time. Yeah. And then your partner comes over and you treat him or her like an employee or something. And it's <laughs> not sexy. So for me, <laughs> experimenting with using feminine movement has been so important where I'm like on a plane to see my man and I will have my headphones on and I am like dancing in my chair yeah. so I can oh. switch up the energy and like, you can't think your way into switching your energy. You have to feel your way and move your way into it. So, um, and, and a lot of people will like take a bath or, you know, put on some fragrance or something like mm-hmm. it's like a physical trigger that like will switch you. Yes. I, I, there's a quote that I love about this and a Ted talk by Amy. Oh, I can't remember it. It'll pop into my head in a second. Um, but it's, our minds change our body and our bodies change our mind. Mm. So it's so important for us to remember. It's the power posing TED talk. Do you know which one I'm talking about? But it's in that same one where she's talking about how just standing like this in superwoman pose, this is kind of more harnessing your masculinity actually, but you can use it in the reverse for your femininity too. It's coming into your power. But her statement about our bodies change our neurotransmitters in our mind. They change our serotonin. They change our cortisol in our stomachs. And so they absolutely can change our estrogen and our testosterone as well. Mm. Yeah, so important. And I think like, you know, I think there, there's definitely a way to like initiate sex in a more masculine way. If you want to like grab your man's stick and like whatever, mm-hmm. like that's yeah. an option. But the other option is to like be slow and intentional and slinky. Think about like Jessica Rabbit sliding down a wall. Like to me, that's like the ultimate bombshell move. Um, Yeah. Like there's, there's so many ways to do it and no way is right or wrong. Like everybody has their unique recipe, right? Which is, so what you just said, I said that my ultimate sexy thought of myself would be like in my dominatrix outfit, like you know, beating some ass basically. And you said, 
Jessica Rabbit sliding down a wall. So it's, that is what I mean when I say, what is your ideal sexuality? Like, what is your sexual, what encompasses what you're wanting to feel? And like, when you feel kind of proud of yourself, like, oh my gosh, I did that. Or like, I felt I embodied that. Right. Yes. It's really exciting. I wonder if, I don't know how into astrology you are, but I wonder if that connects with like your Venus. Like my Mm -hmm. Venus is in Leo, right? So Venus in Leo is about like being adored and worshipped almost from a distance. Like that's kind of the vibe. Um, Mine's in Scorpio, very sexual. I was just going to say it, but your Venus is in Scorpio. Like that could not be more textbook perfect. Uh Uh-huh. I know. What is your, what are your uh, sun, moon, rising? I'm a Virgo sun, a Sag moon, and an Aquarius rising. Okay. I love that. What I'm about a you? Libra sun, Taurus moon, cap rising. Nice. So you've got like lots of pleasure and sensuality with extreme work ethic, consistency, and no bullshit. No bullshit. Yep. <laughs> love it. I feel like so you're fun. in the perfect profession. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I feel, I mean, it really feels that way. Like this is, when I imagine my life, I'm like, if I can build my whole life talking about sex, having sex, writing about sex, exploring, like, please, dear God, I like put me on this planet and give me that. I need that. <laughs> so, great. so I would love to hear one of your um, stories about where you initiated sex or tried to initiate sex and it didn't work out so well, just because I think it's really going to help anyone who's listening, who is like taking this really seriously. And I think Taking sex too seriously, I think taking anything too seriously is a fatal mistake. Yes. Because nothing is that serious. Nothing is ever perfect. Mm-hmm. And we really have to give ourselves some grace. And humor is such a good way to give so, ourselves grace. It's so good. Okay. Well, I'll gear up for this story. So, um, <laughs> so this is my favorite one because it was such an epic failure. Okay. It was so, it was, it was a failure. This wasn't like I rolled over and I touched his penis and he said, no, this is like, I went to great lengths to make this experience happen. And he denied me. Okay. So, um, my ex traveled a lot for work. Like he'd be gone for a couple days here, a couple days there, multi city country kind of thing. So I got all wound up and I'm like, I am going to exert my dominance. Like it's time. I'm ready. I'm going to be in my dom power and I'm just going to go for it. Like I had never spoken to him about this before. It was just like, I am turning on this powerful goddess and it's happening tonight. And so he was coming home from a trip and I'm like, this is, this is so perfect. I am going to turn the house red, which I did. I went and I bought red light bulbs. I got myself a sexy outfit, very dominator. I put a chair in the middle of the room to like tie him to, so I could do a lap dance. I created a, a playlist. Like it was a whole vibe. Okay. Black eyeliner. I'm like, I'm going for my ideal sexy. Don't tell him about this. We had a huge dog. I put the dogs in the bedroom so that they wouldn't even greet him when he got home. Like, I really thought about this shit. Like, had a drink waiting for him. I thought it was going to be the best night of my life. So I'm, like, putting the final touches on. He gets home early from the airport. I'm like, shit, oh, my God, I wasn't fully ready. He walks in the front door, and I'm like, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) ready, ready to go in my Dom experience, standing in the bathroom door, and I'm like, hello, you know, like, welcome. <laughs> his, his face just immediately goes, like, down. 
like he did not look excited. He did not look stoked at all. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. He's like, where are the dogs? I was like, what? Are you serious? Look at me. Like, I, I what do you mean, where are the dogs? They, I, for all I care, like, I, I released them, you know, like, why are you asking me about the dogs? Right. Like, what do you think? I ate them? Like, like what do you not- think? They're, they're fine. Fuck you. That's, and then he's like, I knew something was up when I saw the red lights. And I'm like, this is going so terribly. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so tired. He's like, there is no way that this can happen right now. And I was like, number one, fuck you. How dare you? Number two, I'm going to curl into a ball and and I'm never coming out again. And also we have to break up. (laughs) It was, (laughs) it was the worst feeling, but it was so important for me because talk about learning and not taking things too seriously. He was so grateful for the effort. We talked about it, but also that experience of me putting myself out there and him kind of like majorly denying me in that way and not just like gearing up for one night was very indicative of our relationship. And it was something that taught me about who he was. Like, I'm a firm believer of when you show up as your authentic self and you put yourself in positions that make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, you are able to then see people for who they really are and they react to the real you. Mm, Well, that's so fucking true. That is so true. So that person was me. I need to be able to do those kind of things in a relationship. And I need my partner to be like, holy shit, this is so fun. Like, let's go. Give me an espresso. We're going to do this. Like, tie me up, slap me in the face. Like, this has to happen, right? And so that kind of energy, me showing up and doing these excited things, those were me. And I continued to do them. And he continued to let to not want that to happen. And we broke up and not just because of that, but that's the power of owning your sexuality and stepping into your power is when you do that, when you show up as you, you can then better assess and better understand how other people respond to the real you. Which makes your really, yeah. So it's really important. This is so far. I always say, Sex is not just about sex. Initiation is not just about initiation. It's about being you. And then you feel, you actually feel fantastic when you're you. I love that so much. Like authenticity, I always think is the ultimate filtration device. It attracts and it repels so strongly. And I think this is true in sex, in relationships, in social media. If you show up as who you really are, your people will find you. And the people who are not a fucking match will be like, whoa, no, no, thank you. Yeah. I love what you say about being your authentic self in your relationship and in your sensuality, because it's a really good test to see if someone is actually fucking on board with the kind of life you want to live. Because I I imagine that you dressing that way and getting ready to like slap him around and have a good time was just like your first step down a path of something that's really actually important to you. It wasn't just like for one night, I want to fuck around like this piece of who you are. So when you do that and he's like, "Mm," then, you know, like this can't really go that much further if I'm going to be myself. If I'm going to be myself and I didn't know it at the time, you know, for me, I'm like, I'm just going to initiate this fun experience. But when I look back at that, I can remember how I felt so clearly. I can still feel it in my body of just like, man, 
that's just not how I would react to my partner doing something like this. That's not how I need to be responded to. Like it felt very out of alignment with what I'm looking for in my life. And so showing up and initiating and saying what you want, because that's what initiation is, right? Initiating is saying, I want something. And so part of us initiating is also saying, I want sex. I want pleasure. I want something. And just in general, a lot of us who haven't, who are not as in line with our masculine and our feminine, if we've been living a really heavily on the feminine side, just saying what you want might be hard. Like forget just initiating sex, like saying what you want. So that's why I can't possibly just be a sexual confidence coach. It has to also be your personal power because this is about showing up as you and what the fuck you want in all aspects of your life. Yeah. Cause doing it in your day to day, whatever extends mm-hmm. your sexuality. Of course. Yeah. It extends your sexuality. So, um, yeah, write down what makes you feel sexy and then try it. <laughs> You'll know. That. And, and that's the other thing is, you know, we as beautiful genius humans, make things so much more complicated than they need to be. Like with startling accuracy, like every single fucking time we make it way more complicated than we need to. And it is truly, like you're saying, as simple as like, hmm, think about what you want, write it down, visualize it, and then start slowly like padding your way towards it. Totally. Yeah. The... The power of visualization and the power of just saying outward from your chest. Don't even worry about your throat chakra. What is your, what is it say? What is your chest telling you to say? Mm. And say it to the universe. If your dream is to be, if you want, if you love, you know, 50 shades of gray because you identify with like wanting to be blindfolded and tied up and whatever, say that. I want to be tied up. I want my partner to ravage me. I want to have no control over my sexual experience. I want to be just like at the whim of a strong, powerful man. Cool. Say it. Say it. Call it. Say what you want. Start saying what you want and it'll come. So true. I really think that uh, the other thing that might motivate someone who's listening to this or watching this and thinking like... Yeah, maybe like this is a compelling argument, but I'm not sure what I would say is only you have the power to make your sex life what you really want it to be. And if you always leave it to other people and you make it their responsibility, you will never get exactly what you want. And do you really want to live a life of like kind of getting it, but not really? I don't. No, no. I, and again, apply that to every aspect of your life we have to harness what we want. And, and if you're feeling that this is an issue too, for so many people, it's like, we actually feel nervous about wanting sex because we're told that that's slutty or you're being a whore or like, Oh, I don't want to be with somebody who's too easy or too loose. But it's like, my body is programmed for pleasure. Specifically, specifically the female body is programmed for pleasure. Our clitoris There is no other biological reason for it other than for pleasure. It doesn't help with anything. It doesn't help with anything other than getting you off. That is the whole point of it. The male dudes have pleasure because they're supposed to ejaculate. We have pleasure because it's just supposed to feel good. And so our body from the day we're born is programmed 
to feel amazing. We're supposed to want to fuck <laughs> and like have sex and desire that, you know? So if you're feeling shame or guilt around that, I understand it. And also it is your responsibility to step into your whole self, H-E-A-U-X. I love saying it like that. It sounds sexier. H-E-A-U-X. Like imagine you're in New Orleans and you're H-E-A-U-X. You're a hoe like that. Okay. <laughs> That's the energy we're going for. Yes. And if you find yourself listening to this or watching this and you're like, that sounds cool, but I literally feel no desire in my body, then I would really recommend therapy, tapping, reading those books that you recommended, Come As You Are, and The Body Keeps the Score, because there's something going on there that is holding you or blocking you. And like you're saying, your body is literally made for pleasure. So mm -hmm. the sooner you can work through some of those things, then the more joyful and more pleasure-filled your life is going to be. It's it's so true. Our bodies know. Our bodies are in, are such incredibly connected things. And as humans, we disassociate from our nature so much, like by living in sky rises or living in, you know, cement city or wherever we're living, we disassociate with the fact that we're primal. Like we want to eat, drink water and have sex basically at the, at our core. And yeah. so if you're struggling with any of those things, let's tap into why, like, our, our needs are also to have sex and to connect. So like you said, read therapy, hire a coach, do your thing. Yeah. And get curious about what's going on with you because you're the only one who's going to like, you have to be like an archeologist of your own psychology. Like mm -hmm. you're the only one who's going to like dig that out. And yes, you might have a coach or a therapist or someone, right. who helps you, but ultimately it's on you and it's, it's you. So, so important to do. Yeah. The, the line, your trauma is not your fault, but healing is your responsibility. Nobody's going to heal you for you. No relationship, no crazy one night stand, no friendship, no connection with anybody else, no job, like good luck pouring yourself into work and, you know, only doing that. Eventually burnout is going to happen and you are still just with you. You're with you. So living your life means healing. Your life begins when you begin to heal, in my opinion. Like it's that feeling, that life force that comes back into you. Yes. I love that. And I think that's such a beautiful place to end this. Yeah. This so good. Where do people find you? Okay. So you can find me on Instagram at SheWolfLauren. Everything I have is SheWolfLauren. So my blog is SheWolfLauren.com. You can book a private with me at SheWolfLauren.com. I made it simple. I'm SheWolfLauren. I'm SheWolfLauren on YouTube. SheWolfLauren on TikTok. She will Florin everywhere <laughs> and in between. <laughs> yeah. And you guys should definitely follow her Instagram. She's so great. She posts these amazing IGTVs. She's great to watch. So definitely check her out. Lauren, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. I really, really loved my time with you. And I'm so grateful for you and your community. It's amazing. If you loved this episode, you can help me so much by rating it five stars on Apple Podcasts or even leaving me a review. I really love to hear your feedback and your thoughts, and it really motivates me to make more episodes. And additionally, if you're like, oh my God, what is the vortex? I need to know more about it. Go to bit.ly slash gala vortex and put your name down. We reopen our membership in August and it is going to be a whole new thing starting September 1st. I'm so excited and I really don't want you to miss out because we only open once a year. So put your name down at bit.ly slash Gala Vortex and honey, I will see you in there.